Okay, this morning, I uh, see continue our series of gratitude uh, this month of December. Um, Pastor Joseph has laid the foundation. AOC continued last week Sunday, and Brother Peter continued as well on Wednesday. So this morning, I'll just be adding a little to what they've also said so far this month. And of course, we all know that, I mean, this is the Christmas season, and end of the year like this, there's always... We always have the benefit of hindsight, right? Where we can look back at the year and see what have we achieved, what have we not achieved, what has God done for us, what has he not done for us in quotes. So it's always a good time. And I mean, I think this is the topic for the season, really. There's so, so much to give thanks to God for. Uh, this morning, I was speaking on in everything, give, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. But before we go into the word this morning, let's quickly bow our heads to pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you this morning, sweet Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Lord, let your word, the Lord, that con- let your word that comes forth from the pulpit this morning transform lives. Let your word bear fruit in the lives of your people in the mighty name of Jesus. It shall not be the sweet enticing words of men, but indeed your word shall have efficacy and life transforming power in the lives of your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for answered prayer. At the end of the day, we will return all glory and all gratitude to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So I said, so the topic for this morning is in everything, give thanks. And our anchor text is going to be 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Uh, once again, it's always an awesome privilege to share the word. Um, thanks to the pastorate for counting me worthy to do so this morning. Hallelujah. So let's quickly be on our feet as we actually read the word. Let's honor the word, as, let's honor the word by being on our feet as we read. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Thank you, Multimedia. Uh, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's take it one more time. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Hallelujah. May please be seated. So, I mean, that's where our, our topic is from. In everything, give thanks. So it does not say in some things. It does not say at certain times. It said what? In what? Everything. Emphasis on that word, everything. So no matter the circumstance of your life, no matter the stage of your life that you find yourself, no matter what is happening to you, in everything, what? Give thanks. No exceptions, no excuses, Nothing outside of, in everything, what? Give thanks. Whether you feel like you have blown or you have hammered or you have not had anything at all, whether you are sick, no matter the condition you find yourself, God's command for us in Christ Jesus is that we give thanks in everything. I once, um, some years back, I read something that says that the reason why you should give thanks is that you should always have this perspective that it could have been worse. I don't know how true that is. I don't know if they're valid way to look at life, but I think it works for me, right? Anytime something happens to me that in quote that is negative, I always say, hmm, it would have actually been worse. Maybe we're involved in an accident and one of your legs broke. I mean, it would have been worse. The second leg would have broken or it would have lost your life. So I think that's also, I mean, that's a good perspective to look at life. In everything, give thanks. Because sometimes it have actually been worse. I mean, a lot of people look back at the year and say, oh, these are the goals that I set for 2022. I barely achieved 10% of it. Is somebody that's alive that can look back at the goals that they set to even to even like take account, take, take stock, thank you, to know what they've achieved or what they've not achieved. So in everything, that's, if this is the little year this month, just now in everything, no matter the situation of your life, whether you've whether the good time, the so-called good time, the so-called bad time, no matter the circumstance of your life, 
always know that God has commanded us to give thanks. The Greek word there says empanthi, which means in connection with everything that occurs, no matter what occurs in your life, always give thanks. Of course, the only exception when you don't give thanks is when you have contesting. You don't go about lying or fornicating and say, thank God. Or you don't scam someone and say, ah, thank God for that scam that I pulled. No, that's the only situation in your life that you're going to give thanks. But in everything else, no matter what happens to you, in sickness and in health, whatever it is, always what? Give thanks. Whether there's money in your account or not, always give thanks. As Christians, you have been commanded to always give thanks. The hallmark of an unbeliever is an unbeliever is someone that doesn't give thanks. An unbeliever is someone that, no, that is not thankful to God. An unbeliever would rather say, ah, thank God, it's luck that did it. They would rather count on luck. They'll say, oh, these things that happened to me in my life, oh, it's because of luck. There's nothing like luck. God is in control of everything, so there's nothing like luck. And people, I mean, an unbeliever is someone that would say, oh, it just happened that way. It just happened. Don't give, you don't give any acknowledgement to God. You just say, it just happened that way. And when things don't happen your way, say that, ah, it is God that caused it. So when things happen their way, when favorable things happen to them, in quotes, they say, ah, it's local. But when things that are unfavorable happen to them, say it's God, they will say it is God that caused it. So that is a hallmark of an unbeliever. Uh, they try to manipulate the lucky factors of life. Uh, when they are, and when they are successful, they thank themselves. So you can't, think, you can't thank luck. Luck doesn't even exist. Luck doesn't have control by itself. There is no thanks to someone that is thanking luck. I mean, good things may happen to you, but you cannot attribute it to luck because everything happens under the sovereignty of God. Then there are people that believe that everything happens because of their destiny. They believe that, oh, if I'm successful, they attribute those successes uh, to themselves. They look at themselves and say, ah, I achieved this height in my life. I achieved this promotion at my workplace because I'm very, very skilled, because I'm good at what I do. Oh, I'm the best biologist. Oh, I'm the best doctor. I'm the best this. So, some people that some people give thanks to themselves instead of giving thanks to to God. So these are thankless people. So we should not be counted among those that are thankless in Jesus' name. So the world is made up of people that are very thankless. Um, so people don't even know to thank when things happen to them. Right? They say it's just destiny. There's no. There's nothing. There's no one like God. Um, so they thank themselves. They feel like they pulled it off. Like, oh, I did this, I accomplished this in my own strength. They don't give credit to God. But the truth is that when you become a Christian, you are no longer thankless. When you become a new creature in Christ, one of the characteristics is that you are always grateful. If there's any one thing that is pertinent for you to be grateful for, it's even your salvation. The mere fact that you are saved, the mere fact that you can call yourself a Christian, is always something to remember to give thanks to God for. All of a sudden, when you're a new creature, when you have a new heart, God has built into you the spirit of kindness, the spirit of thanksgiving. And that newness cries out in gratitude to God. It is hard to find someone that, that, that is more thankful than a brand new Christian because you know what God has saved you from. You know that God has saved you from the wrath. God has saved you from sin and death by rescuing you through his son, Jesus Christ. So the hallmark of a Christian, you cannot claim to be a Christian if you don't always rejoice, if you are not always willing to give thanks. Thanksgiving becomes the fabric of your life. It is the fruit of the grace of the Holy Spirit working in you. So you cannot find a Christian, a genuine Christian, someone that comes to serve a Christian, and is thankless. But sometimes, even as Christians, sometimes we find ourselves ungrateful. We find ourselves unthankful. 
And that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll share, I mean, a few reasons why we need to be thankful. And one of the major reasons, uh, if you can turn to Romans 8, verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. Reasons to be thankful. And I think the most important reason why I need to be thankful, or one, I mean, there are so many reasons to be thankful, like every single, there is so many countless reasons to be thankful. But this is one important one, and the scripture says, For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So for a Christian, if you have this scripture at the back of your mind, what we just read in Romans 28, you know that everything works together for your good. Everything works together for good. And that is the overaching umbrella that covers a Christian, right? No matter the issues that you face in life, everything works together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So if you're a believer seated here under the sound of my voice, you definitely know that everything works together for your good. You take a look at Joseph, for instance. When Joseph was, slowed, was sold into slavery by his brothers, they meant it for evil. Right? They thought that, ah, finally, all this is dreams that they are going to bow down to him, they are going to do this to him. Like They thought that that was the end of Joseph's dream. But they meant it for evil. God turned everything around at the end of the day for his good. He was sold into slavery. Even when he had the best opportunity in Potiphar's house, he was sent to prison again. But at the end of the day, God turned everything around uh, he became the prime minister of Egypt, and through that office, was able to rescue his brothers and his family and the children of Israel from famine at that point. So just know that God is at work, right? We don't, our God neither sleeps nor slumbers, right? He doesn't have alarm that wakes him up at 6 a.m. or that makes him sleep at a particular time. He's always working 247, he's in sovereign control of everything. So as a Christian, you can, you can hang, like Pastor Joseph always says, says, God is one person that can never mismanage your life, can never mismanage your destiny. So if you have that belief, that strong faith, you should definitely know that you can count on God and you can be grateful. No matter what happens, just always turn to Romans 8, verse 20, that said, all things work together for my good. Always remember that at the back of your mind, that everything fits into God's ultimate plan and is not going to mismanage your life. Everything, no matter how bad it might seem, no matter how the twists and turns that life presents, just know that everything God knows God is the master, is the master of the universe. So he knows how every piece of the jigsaw fits into the puzzle of your life. So just know that God is in control of everything and can undo anything in your life once you fit into his ultimate plan as a Christian. So what are the other reasons why I should be thankful? So I'll just go through a few reasons. We should be thankful to God for his love, for his love, for his everlasting love. Psalm 5 verse 12. Psalms 5 verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Uh, the NLT version says, For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. With your shield of love. So you can be thankful for God's love. God's love is way, is way past finding out. You cannot, there's no condition attached to God's love. So as a Christian, you can thank God and rest assuredly in him and thank him for his love. Our children of God, they expect us to thank God because of his great love for us. Because of his love for us, which cannot be measured or reasoned with, hum- with human mind. No matter how many times you fall short of God's glory, you can always, no matter how, much, how many times you fall short or how many times you've sinned, how many times you have been unfaithful, you can always run back to God. It's that everlasting, it's that loving Father that always, hand, that always has his hands wide open, always ready to embrace his own children. 
So as a child, as a child of God, know that you can always thank God for his love. You can always count on his love for you. Another reason to thank God for is his protection. His protection. Can you count the number of times you have gone out uh, this year in December? Does anybody know? You know, I mean, this this year, 2020. Do you know how many times you have gone out? You have come in. You have gone downstairs. You have come. Do you know how many times you have gone out? So we can always thank God for His protection. Psalms 18, verse 2. Psalms 18, verse 2. Of course, you know that the Psalms uh, is a very good book for the Bible for Thanksgiving. So the Lord is my rock. Psalms 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection is my shield the power that saves me and my place of safety that's written from the NLT version thank you the lord is my rock my fortress and my savior my god is my rock in whom i find protection so we can thank god for his hand of protection upon our lives we can thank god for his hand of protection in the above in the scripture of just read you can see that god's our rock is our fortress he is our saving power and our place of safety you cannot count on the arm of flesh. You cannot count on anything. You cannot count on anything devised by man, but you can always count on God's protection. So God is our source of protection and shields us from all the attacks of the enemies. All the attacks of the enemy, God shields us from it. Whether spiritual attack, physical attack, God shields us from, from all that. So we can always thank God for his protection. On that thing, we can thank God for that reason to be grateful, to thank God. Like I said, there are so many reasons. You can look back at the year, you can look back at your life, you see that there are so many reasons, but I'm just going to share a few this morning. You can thank God for his provision, for his provision. You might not be eating three square meals, but you're eating one square meal. It's still something. Thank God for his provision. Psalm 65, verse 9. Psalm 65, verse 9. You take care of the earth... Let's read together. You take care of the earth and water and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for, for you have ordered it so. For God has ordered it so. Because even God takes care of his creation, right? Even it, uh, the New Testament tells us that why, why worry? Why be anxious for anything? Even the birds that God feeds them, God takes care of them. What, what more about you? as his own child, as his own son, as his own daughter. So you can always thank God and count on his provision. You might say you don't have enough, but at least you will have something. You have sustenance. It's God that is sustaining you. He has provided for you. Our Heavenly Father provides for the earth, and we are also included. He ensures our eating and drinking. He ensures our good health after eating. He ensures the proper circulation of the food in our body systems. There's nothing we can do on our own accord. There's nothing you can do on our own accord. So we can always thank God for his provision. So because of that, that's a very potent reason for us to thank God for. Then another reason to thank God for is because of his redemptive plan. This is also very, very important because of God's redemptive plan. So John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is one scripture that we, most of us can save off the top of our head. We know it. We have been reciting since when we are young. But there is a lot of meaning in that scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So if you don't believe in the son of God, 
if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you have been marked for damnation. You have been marked for death. You have been marked to be perish to, to perish. So you will not so that's enough reason for us as Christians to be very, very grateful. To thank God for a redemptive plan because he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, as a propitiation for our sins. Through Adam we fell, but through, the, uh, through uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we have received eternal life. So we can thank God so much for his redemptive plan. This is the greatest reason why we should thank God. We should thank God for sending his only son to come and die for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ paid a great price on that cross for us to be saved. So salvation is included for us to reign with Jesus Christ even in heaven after we departed. So, so that's something to be so grateful for. So you might say, oh, I don't have any reason to be grateful for. This year has been so bad. This week has been so bad. I lost this person today. I lost this amount this year. I didn't get that promotion. Oh, I don't even have any work. Oh, I didn't even get that admission. But if you look at all these things, there's a lot of reasons to give thanks to God. So part of it, like I just made, is this redemptive plan. The fact that as a Christian, you are saved, that a great price was paid for you by Jesus Christ on that cross, is a lot to be grateful for. On that thing to be grateful for, as a Christian, on that reason is for, for his guidance, for God's guidance over our lives. Psalm 67, verse 4. Psalm 67, verse 4. Let the whole world sing for joy. Let's read together. Psalm 67, and verse 4. Let the whole world sing for joy. Because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. <laughs> so let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. So you can thank God for his guidance. God guides the whole earth. What a wonderful God to serve that, that, that guides the whole earth. His powerful hand and watchful eye guides and oversees the entire earth. God has been the one guiding us in his path, his commandment and instructions for us. We cannot do it on our own mind. There is nothing you can do. You don't have that. You are not that powerful. You are not how much how many things can you control in your life? So we can always thank God for his guidance. Another reason for us to thank God is his forgiveness. God's forgiveness. Let's go to Psalms one thirty verse three. Psalms one thirty verse three. Psalms 130, verse 3. So let's read together again. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? So, so powerful. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins. So if every time you lied, every time you told that white lie, every time you, you stole, any time you did that, your th- every time you even had the wrong thoughts, because even in God's eyes, too, your, your thoughts can be, can be very sinful. So imagine if God is marking it as a roaster, just saying, okay, oh, you did this today. Who will survive? Right? You should ask yourself that question. Would you be standing here today if God was to pronounce judgment on every single sin that you commit? In fact, you would have, you would have been dead. You would not even be able to bear the remaining consequence of the sins you have committed. And that's the truth. So but the mere fact that I still have life, I can still count on God for his forgiveness. So if God is marking our iniquities, who will survive? Who? It's a question that nobody here can answer because none of us is worthy. None of us can survive if God marks the record of our sins. Psalms 130, okay, and verse 4. Let's go to verse 4. But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. So the conclusion is, but you offer forgiveness that we might learn to what? Fear you. 
So God offers forgiveness uh, despite all our sins, all our shortcomings. Because God, God's demand for every Christian is perfection, moral perfection, holiness and righteousness. And righteousness. But most times we fall short. This morning, you have known, you know how many times you have insulted someone, you have abused someone, you have cursed at someone, you have shouted at someone. So if God demands moral perfection, and we always fall short every single time, or most times, and you can count on two, you can always thank God for his forgiveness, that is always willing to forgive. And most of us even take God's forgiveness for granted. May the Lord forgive us for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Another reason to be thankful to God for as Christians is that he answers our prayers. He answers our prayers. Psalm 120, verse 1. Psalms 120, verse 1. Let's read together again. I took my troubles to the Lord. I can only hear two people's voice. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him. So God answers prayers. So the fact that God answers our prayers is something to be grateful for. It's something to thank God for. One important reason why I should thank God is that he always answers our prayers, no matter the condition, the time, or the weather. Sometimes you might not get the response that you want immediately. But always know that God answers our prayers. Many times we are going through one situation in life or the other, and then time we cry out and reach out to God. Just know that God answers. He hears us when we cry, and he also answers our prayers, and he delivers us from those conditions or that situation. Another reason to thank God for is his plans for us. As a Christian, you can be so grateful to God for his plans for you, God's plans for you. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. So let's read together. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. So God has plans for us that gives us an abundant future, that gives us hope. And the greatest hope that we even have is the hope of eternal life. It's the hope that even after we have spent our time on earth, that we are going to reign and be with Christ in heaven. So, for, so God has a plan for us. And we can always rest. We can always rest that God has a plan for us. And his plans are, are plans of good and not of disaster. It's only, it's only the devil that will give you something that seems good. But behind it is disaster. Behind it is sorrow. So we must always thank God for his short plans for us are great. We must always thank God that his short plans for us are beautiful. We can rest assured that his plans for us will be a great future. And his plan for us to reign with him in heaven and, and reign with him uh, in paradise as his children. So this is always enough reason to thank God for. So if you don't have any reason to thank God for his more, just know that his plans for you are sure. His plans for you. Say, God's plans for me are very sure. Amen. Another thing to thank God for is his grace. It's for God's grace. For God's grace. Uh, let's turn to Acts of Apostles. Acts 15, verse 11. Acts 15, verse 11. Acts 15, verse 11 says, We believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. How many of us deserves God's grace? You did something to end it. How many of us deserves it? Like you, there was something, you, were bad, you did something so good that, ah, that you warranted God's grace. None of us. 
deserves God's grace. And that is why grace, by definition, is undeserved. None of us, by own merit, none of us, by own works, deserves God's, God's grace. But God's grace for us, God has showered his grace to us undeservedly. Undeservedly. So we know we enjoy uh, Christ's undeserving grace. There's, it's, a, it's such a great thing to be graced by God. And it stops all these grateful plans of the enemies from reaching us. So this is why we should always thank God. Because he has qualified the unqualified because of his grace. He has qualified the unqualified because of his grace. So we can thank God that we keep abiding under his grace. So thank God. Say thank God. Thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for your grace. Hallelujah. Um, so another reason that the last one we're touching on is, is joy and peace. God's joy and peace. Isaiah 55 verse 12. Isaiah 55 verse 12. Isaiah 55 verse 12. It says, let's read together please. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. Hallelujah. There's a popular song that's tied to that scripture. So this is a very important reason why we always thank God. Because you will live in joy and peace. Like uh, Brother Peter was saying this, uh, this morning. Like one thing about following God's will and God's plan is that his own comes with peace. The devil, one thing the devil cannot give you. The devil can give you money. He can supposedly bless you. But he doesn't come with peace. It comes with thorns. It comes with sorrow. But on God's side, we can always have everlasting joy and peace at all times. So that's something to be so grateful for. It's very important to us always thank God. We always thank Him for supplying us as His children with joy and blessings. God, in His mind, has supplied us with blessings that we cannot count. God has supplied us with blessings that we cannot count. Despite all the situations and issues of life, we are kept by God's blessings. By God's the joy and peace that God has given unto us. So this is a very great reason why we should keep thanking God. There are so many reasons that we can go on and on. There are so many reasons. Let's turn to Romans 8 verse 28. Like I was saying earlier that one of the hallmarks or one of the characteristics of an unbeliever is that they are very thankless. Okay. Yeah. Yes, okay. We know that God causes everything to work, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Let's go to Acts, Acts 17, verse 28. Or Acts 7, let's go, Acts 17. Yes, Acts 17, verse 28. For in him we live and move and exist. So without God, you can't, leave, you, you can't even tie your shoelace without God. You can't, your blood cannot circulate in your circulatory system, your body, without God. So it's God that sustains everything. So in a sense, for in him, so this was uh, the writer of Acts was saying this to, uh, to his audience, then for in him we live and move and exist, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So without God sustaining the entire universe, the entire creation, we cannot even move. You are not moving because you just have two legs. The functionality of those two legs, God empowers it every single day. So he said, in him we live and move and exist. So your very existence, your very, very existence is needed on God. And unbelievers deny this, right? The atheists, they say, oh, there's no God. But you cannot even be an atheist without God in the first place. 
So it's very important for us to give thanks. So this morning we'll also go through a few reasons why sometimes we don't feel grateful. Why sometimes, even as Christians, I've given the reasons why you should be grateful as Christians, but now I'll give some reasons why sometimes you are not grateful. And mostly because of sin. But let's go through. So the number one reason why sometimes, even as Christians, and you need to watch out for this, right? You need to watch out for this in your life. Because God has commanded us to give him thanks. He has commanded us to be grateful. Say in everything, what? Give thanks. So some of the reasons why we are not grateful, that the first reason is doubt. Sometimes we doubt God. The first reason is doubt. You doubt the character of God. You doubt that God is who he says he is. You doubt God's promises. You are not sure. So sometimes doubt comes. And that's one of the reasons why we are not grateful. So certain situations happen in our lives. And ah, it's all of us to have an attitude of gratitude. We begin to doubt God's word. We begin to doubt the character of God. We begin to be unsure of God's plan and purposes for us. When he has said that his thoughts for us are thoughts of good to give us a bright future and hope. We begin to doubt all those things. When he says all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose, when he says that his heart and desire for us is for good and not of evil, when he says he wills the benefit of his love upon us, so we sometimes without all these things that have been given to us in God's word, we say, no, I, I'm not sure. This situation seems that it's too, it's too much for me to handle. So sometimes doubt is one of the reasons why we become unthankful, why we become ingrates. But one thing that I know is that you can trust God's, God's, God's word is very sure. God's word is very, very sure. And you, can, you have to know that God has good intentions. And he has the power to deal with every situation of your life. Nothing is too complex for God. Nothing is too complex for, for God. Nothing is beyond him. So when you have those seasons of doubt, because yes, doubt, we are, all, we are, we are seeing humans, right? So doubt will always come. But you can always know that God's word is very sure. And there's nothing that is beyond God. So when you doubt God's sovereign power, you are doubting his wisdom. So just know that God is in control of everything. He sovereignly controls every affairs in this life. He controls every single thing. So you can always put your hope. You can always trust in God completely. Sometimes we even doubt and question God's love. Does God really love me? If God really loves me, why did I... Why was I involved in this accident? Why did I fail my exam? Why did I get that promotion? Why did I lose that contract? But sometimes, some of those things are out of God's love for you as well. Because you need to know that he controls every single thing that happens to us in life. And you can count on him. Well, God will never let this happen if he really loved me. God can never certainly love me if he's letting this abuse, this trauma, this, all these negative things go on. No, that should not be your perspective as a Christian. You should never doubt God. You should never, ever, what, doubt God. Those are the ways that, that the devil uses to poison, uses doubt to poison your mind, to poison your heart from overflowing with gratitude. So never doubt God. Always you can trust in his word. His word is yea and amen. It's sure. Another reason why we sometimes we feel ungrateful and not thankful is selfishness. Selfishness. Sometimes because of selfishness, Selfish desires. That's why we are not we are not grateful. Sometimes we want things to go our own way. We always want things to. I mean, I'm also very. This is something I also. I'm probably a victim of this. Or yeah. Uh, so sometimes selfishness, right? Sometimes I think I'm also guilty of this at times. 
So we are very, very selfish. You always want things to go your own way. You always want to manipulate things. And when things don't go your own way, you have been, uh, you have been doing eye service at work from January to December. When time for appraisal came, you were still appraised wrongly. You did not get that promotion. You did not get that commission that you're supposed to get. Because you have, been manip- you have been trying to manipulate things your own way instead of trusting God. So a lot of people are very, very selfish, and that's why you are not grateful. And sometimes, even like, like I said earlier, imagine if man was God. So sometimes being selfish is putting yourself in God's place, right? Because God has created us for his own good pleasure. God has created us to be selfless. But when you become selfish, you are now, instead of being God-centered, you are self-centered. That's why this one of the of selfishness is being self-centered. You are thinking about only your own self. You are thinking about your own. You don't even care about others. You don't care about the consequence of your own actions. You only think of how you can control your life by yourself, how you can run your life. You have your own plans. You have your own ambitions. God is just, in addition, God, God is just a consolation prize, just an addition to your own plan. So you want your life to go this way. You have planned everything out. But you forget that it's God that controls the time and seasons of the earth, that controls the time and seasons of everyone's life. So selfishness will make you to be ungrateful. Because more often than not, when you are selfish, things will not happen your own way. Have you, have, you, have, you guys, have you noticed that, that sometimes when you are selfish, when you are selfish, it doesn't happen your own way? So why don't you submit to God? Why don't you submit to God? Another reason why sometimes we find ourselves ungrateful as Christians. I'm talking to Christians this morning. Hallelujah. Another hindrance to, uh, to not being grateful is worldliness, the love of this world. The love of this world. The love of this world. And love of this world is when it's the lust of the flesh, it's the lust of the eye, when the only reason why you want to have money, because you want to show people pepe, because you want to, you want to show off, like you are so, you want to, like sometimes I wonder without, I, I also think back in the day, how do, maybe in our parent generation, how do they used to flaunt their success, when there was no Instagram or Facebook, how do people used to flaunt then, I wonder, maybe then you want to show off, you drive to your friend's place by yourself to go and show off. But now with Instagram and Facebook, it's very easy. You can stay in the comfort of your house and showing people pepe in quote. So it's, and that's what is worldliness. They say pepe them gang. I'm not in that gang. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't belong in, in such gangs, please. So that's the love of the world, worldliness. When you care so much about trivial things, you care so much about popularity, pleasure, prominence. You care so much about what people think about you. You care so much about possessions. When people can can kill people for money. They can do... I always... I mean, I know a lot of people know about the story of this uh, popular internet thruster, uh, Hush Puppy. So one day I was on this page. Um, I think that time I was arrested. There was one of his videos that I saw where was, of course, flaunting the water and all that. And this guy was thanking God. And of course, everybody knows. He was actually praying. I praise God for this. Like, he's always... That guy is very grateful. Actually, he's, he's always thanking God for his ill gotten word. I said, So, this guy, you are scamming pensioners in the US of their hard earned money. You are, you, are scamming, you are scamming people of their COVID entitlement in the US. You are doing all these things. And you are thanking God. Is it like, is it, as I said, the devil can bless you. Yes, but his own comes with curses. He can give you money. So, not every, that's worldliness. You cannot claim to be a Christian and always want to flaunt. Um, illicitly gotten wealth, you always want to show. You cannot be a show off as a Christian because you know that you have been engraced by God 
whatever I've been given to you, you're just a custodian of it. Whatever wealth you have been given, you're just a custodian of it. You're just a steward. So, worldliness, stay away from worldliness. You're always, I, I mean, and you're always you are very ambitious. You always want to be the one, the signature of all eyes. You always want to be at the center of everything. You always want to be at the center of attraction. That's worldliness. You're always pursuing the things of this world. Why God has commanded us to be heavenly focused. Because all these things are passing away. It's good to have wealth. It's good to have affluence. But just know that these things are temporary. And it's just for a time and for a season. So please, don't be worldly. Amen. Amen. So when you, are, when you are very worldly, you never see things as blessings from God. You see it as, okay, it's time to show off. It's time to, you are so materialistic. Just like the, the rich man, like the story of the rich man and Lazarus, he looked at all that he had invested and said, this night I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy. And that night he died. Remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. So you should not glory in the things of this world. That's worldliness. Another reason why as Christians we don't, we don't, we are not grateful is we have a, some people have, or we, have, we go to, we have a critical spirit. A critical spirit where no matter what happens, never enough. You're always criticizing. You're always, you're always, you always have a critical spirit. You're always very bitter. You're always a person that sees the cup as half empty. I'm not saying that that's not a good perspective, but you're always seeing things as half empty. You're always seeing the negative side of life. You're always, there's always, you're joyless. You're a killjoy. There's people that when they come to your midst, like, or they suck the happiness in the environment. They're always very critical. They always see what is missing. I'm not saying you should not be a critical person in certain things, but don't that, 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 that should not be your default lifestyle. You should not be someone that is always seeing the loopholes in everybody. They're not the one that's always, and those of you, they don't have anything. They don't have shimbang, they don't get, but they always know what every other person lacks. They always know the log of wood in other person's eye. They always know the speck in another person's eye, but they don't see the log of wood in their own eyes. They always wonder that everybody's imperfection. They are always very, very critical. They are very, very critical. So a critical attitude destroys thankfulness. And for people like that, they never have enough. If, they, if God blesses them with any resources, they always compare. They will compare. How can you compare yourself with Bill Gates? How can you compare yourself with Tony Elmelu? He's flying, he's flying private jets. You, you made your first one million, and you want to start flying private jets to the following day. It's not possible. There's a process. A lot of people, so you are very critical. You are very thankless. You always compare yourself with others. You are always very critical. So that's one reason why as Christians you can lose your joy and you can be ungrateful. Say, I will never be ungrateful. I didn't say sing. I said, say, I will never be ungrateful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Number, another reason why people don't give thanks, why Christians will fall short of giving thanks at times is that we are impatient. Okay, this one I'm number one. I know I'm a... We are very, very impatient. We are very, very impatient. We want it now. Say, I want it now. So a lot of people have that, that, um, that disposition. They always want it now. When they pray to God, they always give God time. God, I want this promotion by January 1st. I want it by... See, this prayer I just prayed. I know you do time. I know you, you control everything. I do things in your own time. Well, God, please, this one, by 5 p.m. on Tuesday, let it be done. I used to pray those kind of prayers before that. I always feel like it's a sign of faith to give God time. 
But God works in his own time. You cannot rush God. God is controlling the affairs of 8 billion people in the world. You are are special, but you are not all that, first of all. (laughs) So you need to calm down first and not be patient. And know that God is going to do things in his own time. Uh, No, as Christians, you are special. So don't, don't think that the wrong way. But just know that you cannot rush God. You cannot be impatient. If everybody wants all the blessings now, 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 now. It's not possible. So you have to learn to be what? To calm down, like that, calm down. See, tell your, tell your neighbor, calm down. calm down. Calm down. So, very, so impatience is one of the things that brings um, ingratitude, right? When you are very, very impatient, when you want things now, you always want to see God at work in your life now, now, now. You want to see all the results now. Even when God, and, you, and people that are impatient, they don't understand process, right? Is that kind of person that wants to, that wants to get his first contract and start uh, dropping shoulders with the big boys. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to understand process. There's a process, and you never appreciate anything that comes to your hand because you don't see the process. So impatience is not is a virtue that should be very very far from you. So you can, God does not work in any man's timing, right? God does not. He lives outside of time. First of all, get God. Time is just is a is a uh, is a human contraption and is a human concept. Hallelujah. Another thing that robs us of gratitude is lukewarmness as Christians. Lukewarmness. When you are lukewarm as a Christian, when you are neither hot or neither cold, when you are cold, most importantly, when you are lukewarm, just like in Revelations when God was writing to the church in Laodicea and was reprimanding them for their lukewarmness. They were neither hot or cold. Or the church, or the church in Ephesians that left his first love. So lukewarmness, when you are where you don't see, when you're not, when you're in spiritual coldness. So that's one of the main, one of the reasons that brings ingratitude to your heart. When you're lukewarm, when you're just, when you're just docile. In the house of God, you have been coming to church for the past 10 years. You have never served in the house of God. You are just passive when it comes to the things of God. You have nothing, nothing about God, nothing about ministry, nothing about your Christian life excites you. You are just lukewarm. And that's also a sign of worldliness. You're always all about the trivial things of life. You lack zeal as a Christian. You lack zeal. You don't have any drive for the things of God. You're always neglecting to read, to pray, to study the word. So that's one of the, that's one of the major reasons that, that one of the major things that leads, to, that leads a Christian to ingratitude when you are lukewarm. And what did God say about the lukewarm church? He's going to spit you out. On the last day, he's going to spit you out. So if you don't want to be spat out by God, you need to practice, you need to practice your spirituality with every zeal and fervency. You need to pray, you need to study the word, you need to pursue after the things of God wholeheartedly. Another reason, another reason why we fail to be grateful. I've given so many reasons why there are so many reasons why you should be grateful. These are just few reasons that makes us not grateful. And one of the last ones I'm going to mention this morning is rebellion. The spirit of rebellion. Some people just don't want to be grateful. Some people just don't want to be grateful. No matter what happens to them in life, no matter, no matter what happens to them, they just never see any reason to be. They just don't want to acknowledge God. They just don't want to be grateful. Some people are just plain rebellious, right? They, no matter what happens to them in life, they just withhold thanks. They just, they are very stingy. With thank with their with their thanksgiving. And you know them like people that 
you borrow somebody your someone asks you, I mean, someone's in need and you borrow them money. No, or you give or you touch them money in quote. And they are not even grateful. I say, okay, thanks. Or they write TK. What? Be grateful. So people are very, very rebellious. And it's a sign of pride. It's a sign of pride. You think that you're accomplishing things on your own, but you're asking for help. God is helping you. You might, like other people around you are giving support, but you are not just grateful. You are forming hard guy. No, it doesn't work that way. You cannot, that's a sign of pride and what? Rebellion. So you need to cast away those, that spirit of pride and rebellion from your life so that you can always be thankful. Because there's a lot to thank God for. There is a lot to always thank God for. And if you are, if you are in any of these things that I've mentioned, you need to actually watch out for it. So I mentioned, let me just recap what I've said that makes a Christian ungrateful. First one I said is doubt. The second one I said is selfishness. The other one I said, the third one was worldliness. Number four, you have a critical spirit. Number five, impatience. Number six, a lukewarmness or spiritual coldness. And last one, pride and rebellion. Pride and rebellion. So if you have any form of these things in your life, you are defying God's command that says that you should what? Give thanks in what? Everything, in every situation. So if you find yourself as a rebellious person, you are constantly not grateful, it means that you are, you are playing with sin and you are defying God's instruction. God says you should be thankful for your salvation. You should be thankful for the blessings of God in your life. You should be thankful for God's gift of Jesus Christ. You should be thankful for your salvation. You should be thankful for your victory over sin and death. You should be thankful for divine guidance. You should be thankful for joy. You should be thankful for God's hope of glory. You should be thankful for your life and the breath of air that is still in your nostrils. You should be thankful for what? Everything. In everything, what? Give thanks. Not in some things, not, some, not in some situation, not in some select. No, in everything. The very, very clear instruction that God has given us. So in everything, give thanks. So you should stay away from anything that will not make you give thanks. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Uh, let's quickly turn to Philippians 2 verse 13. This is also very important. Because sometimes um, being, having the attitude of gratitude, right, comes as a result of being spirit-filled. It comes as a result of having the spirit of God living and walking inside of you. So sometimes, like I said, you cannot do this on your own. So God has commanded us, right, in everything, give thanks. And not only has he commanded us, he has also given us the Holy Spirit to help us too. When, so when you are spirit-filled, you can always be very grateful. So let's turn to Philippians 2 verse 13. Philippians 2 verse 13. And this is, also, this is, a very, very, this is very, very important. So, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Giving you desire to do what pleases him. Uh, let's, let's, can you give me the new King James Version, not the King James Version of this text? Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his word good pleasure. So this is also the assurance that we have in Christ, that we have in God, that yes, even for us to practice gratitude, we can rest on God's strength for that. We can rest on the Holy Spirit because it's in him, it's his pleasure it's God's pleasure for us to do that which pleases him. So he does it. So it is God that works in you. Very important to us. That it's God that works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So if God has willed, in First Thessalonians where we read, that he should always give thanks, 
also know that it is God that is also going to bring it to pass. So you can count on God. So God, sometimes the situation of life would want to make you not be grateful. You might want to complain. You might want to grumble. But always remember that the, the Spirit of God, if you are spirit-filled, and the Spirit of God living in you, is going to well up gratitude and joy in your heart. It's going to help you to do that which pleases God. So we can always rest. So it's God that's commanded us, but God is also enabling us as well. So God has commanded us to be grateful, to give thanks, and he has also enabled us as well as commanding us. So if you are spirit-filled, it's going to produce what? Gratitude. Let me see how much time I have left. Okay. So what happens when you are thankful? God is glorified. The church is blessed. Your family is blessed. You are able to reach the lost souls. You are able to have tremendous impact when you are thankful. Hallelujah. I mean, I was blessed this morning. So as Christians, we ought, to, we ought to come to realization and acknowledgement that God deserves our thanksgiving at all times in our lives. And thanksgiving should be our habit and lifestyle. Thanksgiving should be what our habit and lifestyle. Amen. And let's bow down our heads and pray this morning. And the prayer is this. Lord, let gratitude and thanksgiving never cease in my life. Lord, let, let's pray because God has commanded us to be grateful. And the devil will give you so many reasons not to be grateful. So let us pray this morning. Lord, let gratitude and thanksgiving never cease in my life. Let me always give thanks, no matter the circumstances. Empower me to always be grateful. Empower me to always give you thanks. Don't allow sin to deny me the joys of gratitude. Help me by your spirit to always be grateful, to always give thanks and everything. Lord, hear our cries this morning. Lord, help us to always be grateful. You have commanded us to be grateful. You have commanded us to always give thanks and everything. Lord Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, so Lord, from this day and forth, we will never be ungrateful. No matter the situations in our lives, especially the tough times, those negative things that come, Lord, help us to always be grateful because we know that you are in control of everything and you can turn even the most negative situations the worst situations, you can turn it around. Lord, help us not to chase away your presence with ingratitude. Lord, help us to pursue you fervently and gratefully every single day of our lives. For in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Hallelujah.